Hello and welcome back to the Love More Live Bless podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, and this is a podcast for moms who need a little more positivity in their day. You can listen in for a new episode every Monday on parenting, lifestyle hacks, and how to include positivity into your life. My hope is that you'll find the kind of encouragement that you need. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Love More Live Less podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. And today I am sharing some insight that I learned from the book, A Return to Love. It's one of the books I read uh, this year in 2021. My goal is 50 books and I've been averaging about two to three a month. So hopefully going to hit it this year. My goal my goal is 25, right? For 2021. My goal last year in 2020 was 50 and I never made it even close. So Plus, you know, everything that happened. Anyways, moving on. Um, This book is called A Return to Love. It's a really good book. I bought it on the Apple bookstore thingy because I couldn't, I don't think I could find it on Kindle. But I'm going to read you um, some of the stuff that I highlighted and let's talk about the notes that um, I took for this book. So it's really good about um, self-perception and how we see others, how we treat others, how that is a reflection of ourselves. So a lot of interesting things I learned from this book. So one thing I I read on there, um, it goes like this. Our self-perception determines our behavior. If we think we're small, limited, inadequate creatures, then we tend to behave that way. And the energy we radiate reflects those thoughts no matter what we do. If we think we're magnificent creatures with an infinite abundance of love and power to give, then we tend to behave that way. Once again, the energy around us reflects our state of awareness. So how interesting is that, right? And I totally, totally believe that there's so much power in our thoughts and our perceptions and the way we think and view ourselves and then how we act and project ourselves into the world. So if you think you're small, limited, inadequate, you're going to behave that way. And that's what's going to happen in your life situations that keep making you feel small, limited, inadequate. But if you think that you're magnificent, that you have this infinite abundance of love and power to give, then you're going to behave that way and you're going to have situations that make you feel like you have infinite abundance of love and power and you're able to give that away. I thought that was a really good part of the book and I highlighted that. Another thing that I read on there is, since all minds are connected, then the correction of anyone's perception Perception is on some level a healing of the entire racial mind. The practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to the healing of the world. That was important. I know that a lot of us struggle with forgiveness, forgiveness of others and even forgiveness of ourselves. So I highlighted that one just because I thought that is, you know, that is really important to the contribution of healing the world. When we forgive, we heal ourselves. When we heal ourselves, we show up as better people. All right, number three, and I really, 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 really like this one. The past is over. It doesn't matter who we are, where we came from, what mommy said, what daddy did, what mistakes we made, what diseases we have, or how depressed we feel. The future can be reprogrammed in this moment. We don't need another seminar, another degree, another lifetime, or anyone's approval in order 
to make in order for this to happen. The past is over. This is something that comes up a lot, especially um, in the podcast. I think that a lot of us tend to live in our heads in the past and go over things that happened to us or the past mistakes that we have made. But I love where she writes, the future can be reprogrammed in this moment. You don't need a degree. You don't need a seminar. You don't need another lifetime. You don't need to wait for anybody's approval. Your future, you get to decide. And you can figure out what you want right in this moment. And you can just let that past go. I thought that was a really powerful um, statement in that book. And I'm going to be going to take a quick, quick break and then be back with the uh, the rest of the reading. All right. Back with number four, I think it says when you meet anyone, remember, it is a holy encounter. As you see him, you will see yourself. As you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. Never forget this for in him. You will find yourself or lose yourself. Again, nugget of wisdom right there. Um, as you treat him, you will treat yourself. As you think of him, you will think of yourself. That kind of reminds me of judgment. So when we are, you know, using a lot of our energy to judge the actions of other people, a lot of the times we're also thinking of ourselves in that way or, or placing that judgment again on ourselves. And I just love the part where it says, never forget for in him, you will find yourself or lose yourself. And we don't want to lose ourselves. Um, here's number five. We do not need to police the universe. Shaking our finger at someone doesn't help change them. If anything, our perception of someone's guilt only keeps them stuck in it. When we are shaking a finger at someone, figuratively or literally, we are not more apt to create correct their wrongful behavior. Treating someone with compassion and forgiveness is much more likely to elicit a healed response. People are less likely to be defensive and more likely to be open to correction. Most of us are aware on some level when we're off. We'd be doing things differently if we knew how. We don't need attack at this point. We need help. Forgiveness forges a new context, one in which someone can more easily change. Oh, that was a good one, right? We don't need to be worrying about what everyone else is doing wrong and shaking our finger at them and making sure they know how wrong they are, right? We have to treat people with compassion and that compassion and forgiveness is more likely to help that person uh, be open to correction, and I know for sure that that's how I would like to be treated if I was doing something wrong. Definitely would like to be treated with compassion and forgiveness rather than um, with someone, you know, making me feel guilty or trying to make me feel guilty and shaking their finger at me. Okay, next one is one of my favorite. Only love is real. Nothing else actually exists. If a person behaves unlovingly, then that means that regardless of their negativity, anger, or whatever, their behavior was derived from fear and doesn't actually exist. They're hallucinating. You forgive them then because there's nothing to forgive. Forgiveness is a discernment between what is real 
and what is not real. This one really got me thinking and I'm still thinking about it and I'm still trying to process um, that only love is real and nothing else actually exists. And again, I highly recommend that you uh, read this book. It's called A Return to Love because there's just so many so so much wisdom and so much things that so many things that resonated with me and that just felt right and then a lot of things that I want to keep thinking about that they feel right but I need to process them in my own way or maybe see how it shows up in my life in order to process um and here we go to the next one what we think of people what we think of as people's guilt is their fear all negativity derives from fear when someone is angry, they're afraid. When someone is rude, they're afraid. When someone is manipulative, they're afraid. When someone is cruel, they are afraid. There's no fear that love does not dissolve. There is no negativity that forgiveness does not transform. I think that one's just basically sad. I don't think I need to say any more on that one. Okay, here's another uncommon way of thinking that I highlighted. Often we see a couple who has separated or divorced and look with sadness at the failure of their relationship. But if both people learned what they were meant to learn, then that relationship was a success. Now, it may be time for physical separation so that more can be learned in other ways. That not only means learning elsewhere from other people, it also means learning the lessons of pure love that come from having to release the form of an existing relationship. So I thought that was a great way to look at what some people say, you know, divorce is a failure. And what she's writing is that that relationship was a success if both people learned what they were meant to learn. So the concept that um, only love is real and the only love, the only, okay, I'm, I'm trying to read this out. The only love that completes us is the love of God, and the love of God is the love of everyone. And this is not just, um, it's not, um, a, it uses religious terms. It's not a religious book. I, I grew up as a Catholic. I don't identify as a Catholic um, person anymore. And the the religious terms in the book, it didn't bother me at all. There are a lot of religious terms in the book, but it's not like a Catholic or Christian type of book. And it's actually um, the author's attempt to explain A Course in Miracles. So if you're familiar with that, then you will really like this book. Uh, I picked up this book because I couldn't understand A Course in Miracles. It's very difficult for me to understand right now. And I felt that Marianne's writing was um, in A Return to Love was an easier way for me to follow along with the lessons in A Course Than Miracles. So anyway, that doesn't mean that the form of our relationship is the same with everyone, but it means that we are seeking the same context in every relationship, a quality of brotherly love and friendship that goes beyond the changes of form and bodies. So that is because she is writing that the only love that completes us is the love of God and the love of God is the love of everyone saying it's not going to be, you know, that kind of love in every relationship that we have, but we're seeking a love and a friendship 
with everyone in our lives. That's, that's the end of what I had like highlighted in that book. I again, highly recommend that you read it, especially if you're interested in A Course in Miracles. Um, because there's just so much good information. It's a return to love and I'll make sure I post a link to it in the show notes. If you've read it, let me know if you're going to read it, reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. My handle is at lovemore underscore live blessed. And I'll see you next week. You've reached the end of another episode of the Love More Live Bless podcast. Be sure to visit lovemoreliveblessed.com for free resources and get on the email list and I'll see you at the next episode.